0: welcome to studio tulsa i'm rich fisher today we hear about reading partners an important adjunct to elementary education in the city offering one-on-one tutoring to enhance young elementary schools reading skills to bring them to grade level by the third grade like many organizations the pandemic affected volunteer levels for the organization now serving fewer schools than before 2020 Reading Partners is making a major push to add volunteers who can contribute an hour or two each week, either in person or online, to help a student read better. The program has a proven track record, and at a time when reading proficiency scores have dropped after the pandemic, an increase in the number of volunteers couldn't happen at a better time. Joining me to discuss the impact and the ins and outs of Reading Partners is the Executive Director of the organization, Olivia Martin. She's my guest today on Studio Tulsa. Olivia Martin, welcome to Studio Tulsa. Thanks very much for joining us.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Reading Partners will be uh, very quickly approaching its 10th year in Tulsa. What impact has this program had on students' reading proficiency over those 10 years?
1: It's really made a dramatic impact in our public schools, especially for, of course, our elementary students that we serve most. K through third is our target age. I would think
0: that's the critical point, because Mm -hmm. if you don't have your reading skills in place by third grade... All of a sudden, the wheels fall off when you get into heavy reading
1: Absolutely. Uh, subjects. So we, we know through the science of literacy now that we are learning to read through third grade, and then we're reading to learn after that point. So it's very important to make sure every student in Tulsa has the, the level of literacy that they need to be successful. And third grade reading proficiency really does lead to Graduation rates for high school, college success, workplace readiness. So it's just a, such a pivotal time. And we are actually one of the leading regions in the country for reading partners, and I've always been that way because we have incredible volunteers, such committed donors, and great partnerships with TPS and Union.
0: Of course, when you look at the overall reading proficiency rates in our community and across the state, really, the pandemic has done a number on them. They weren't great before, and they're a lot worse now. Is Reading Partner something that can stem that, or is it mainly triage?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Some of it is triage right now because of our post-pandemic, just learning loss. And I know we're not post yet, but um, it really did impact students, especially young students, not to be in school in a traditional setting. So
0: critical to have that social experience of learning. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, and with our one-on-one tutoring program, they're not only getting literacy instruction that's very scientifically based... And very easy for tutors to deliver, but it's building a mentorship relationship and you're pouring into a student who is maybe uh, not quite where they want to be in their literacy. And it really just does make a difference. And I think we are landing at about 39% reading proficiency in our area right now. And, of course, we all want that to be a much higher number. So we are definitely part of the solution and we would love to have many, many, many more volunteers doing that work.
0: And for the students that do participate in reading partners, what's their proficiency level? I mean, how many of, what's a percentage of them being at reading level?
1: So as of right now, our, we've done our mid-year assessments for all of our students and 90% of our students have had literacy growth, which is great. Mm -hmm. And then our goal for the end of the year is that 85% of our students would have reached their actual target And we're really hopeful that's where we'll land because that's what we strive for, to have 85% students be closer to reading level.
0: Is there an average deficit for those students as they come into reading partners?
1: So our target students who we really do recruit and work with teachers to get in our reading centers is that they would be six months to two and a half years away from reading proficiency at their grade level. So if we're getting you in kindergarten, we can close that gap much more quickly than if we are a little bit older, but we really do, we really are focusing right now on that second grade year because that one is really, really important for getting them, uh, having more success going into third grade.
0: And really a good reading teacher can close that, you know, it sounds kind of daunting, a two and a half year deficit, but... A good reading teacher can just erase that with the willing participation of the student.
1: Yes. And we do have a lot of literacy specialists in our public schools. But as you know, funding and hiring and all those complications that we have all the time and that are different too after COVID, uh, we really do partner with those literacy teachers because they aren't able to be in every classroom for every student. And we partner with parents too. So we're, we're now having meetings with parents and sending home materials. So it's an entire uh, community of people supporting. Their so literacy. that
0: was one question I had about this. How important are parents in the equation? to reinforce what the tutor's doing, the volunteer tutor's doing, either right after school or in some portion of taking it out of class.
1: It's pivotal, you know, if when you're dealing with even infants, that reading at home and singing at home and working on our letters is so important. So our AmeriCorps members who serve as the site coordinators at schools, they meet one-on-one with the student's teacher And they meet one-on-one with parents so that we're all on the same page. We know what skills we're working on. We know what level of reading books to send home. So it really is an entire community that is really engaging the family to help with this. Well,
0: why don't we take one step back and just some people may be familiar with the program. Others may be completely unfamiliar with the program. Tell us how Reading Partner works.
1: So, reading partners in the one on one tutoring session is very dependent on volunteers. And that's true at reading partners across the country. And as you can imagine, post pandemic, even getting people re engaged as volunteers has been a challenge because everyone kind of shifted a little bit. So, we have two programs now we have an in person program for volunteers, and we have an online program for volunteers. So, we're trying to recruit volunteers across both platforms uh, wherever they're comfortable. But it's as simple as going to readingpartners.org volunteer to sign up. It's a very easy form. And then once that's submitted, then the community engagement team at Reading Partners will reach out. Just learn a little bit about you. You don't have to have any experience as a teacher or working with children before. They'll give you very uh, comprehensive training and onboarding. We'll do a background check since we'll be with students and be in schools. And then you have every moment that you're in the center, you have support from the AmeriCorps member. So if you ever came across a challenge, there's someone there to help. But the curriculum is completely outlined for you word for word. You know how long everything's going to take. You know what game to play next. You actually know what questions to ask. So regardless of your experience, anyone who's 14 or older (laughs) is invited to participate as a volunteer.
0: And it sounds like the curriculum is pretty well set. This this program is in about 10 states, nine states in the District of Columbia. So I guess it's pretty much, if you can read and you've had experience, you know, dealing with children, then it's a pretty easy, easy fit. It
1: is easy. And the curriculum is very much designed around all the science that we know about phonics and decoding words and things like that. Some of the things that we actually moved away from in literacy instruction for a while you know, fads come and go in education. And we're, we're, this is really everyone, schools and reading partners coming back to this kind of approach to just learning our letters and learning the letter sounds and how to write them and how to decode words. And, uh, but you're right. If, if you have any experience being a reader or ever having a sibling that you took care of or worked with someone at your uh, house of worship, you'd be ready to go.
0: So you're currently looking for volunteers Absolutely. because I believe the program has shrunk somewhat since the pandemic began. Yes. Uh, can you give us a, some sense of what happened to Reading Partners during the pandemic? And, you know, how many new volunteers are you looking for?
1: Sure. So of course, when we were completely out of school, uh, that really crippled our efforts. And that was not just true in Tulsa. That was true everywhere. I would imagine everywhere. you lost
0: a volu- lot of volunteers yes. who just said when school was out, okay, I'm done with this and probably didn't come back. Right.
1: Evening. So we have had a big targeting campaign to recruit people who've been out for a little bit. Even the other day, I tutor myself at Eugene Field. A man was coming in for the first time and said, I haven't been back since COVID. Mm. So he's coming back to to work. We have right now 474 students on our waiting list. That's a lot of students who still need tutors. So that's what we're targeting to try to have many students have an engaged tutor even before the end of this school year. We'll have about 10 weeks left of tutoring, and that can make a dramatic impact even this late in the school year, Mm. especially as we're going into summer. But we did, like I said, we shifted to that option to be online. But you know, many of our, a lot of our volunteers are retired people or older, and that just wasn't their go-to choice. It wouldn't be, wouldn't be my natural either. So um, that's plugged some holes for us, but it didn't do what you know, it didn't go back to where we were for a thousand students being served.
0: One of the questions I had was, have you tested? in-person versus online learning uh, in in this program? Because I would think there might be differences.
1: Well, it's great that you asked that. We are nationally part of a federal study right now to take certain schools who do both, or a school that does what we call Reading Partners Connects, that's the online version, and looks at it next to in-person. So by the end of 25, we will have comprehensive federally researched data about what actually is happening and what works. Now with our younger tutors, it's very easy for them to navigate and use, use, and of course, the kids are very good at technology as well. But yeah, we all have questions about what is the efficacy of in-person versus the Connects program. And we know no matter what, anything we do is going to be of of help, but we are really taking that seriously as a national organization. And
0: that might be the key is having younger volunteers for the online component (laughs) because... The problem may not be on the receiving end, <laughs> on the sending end for, for us older folks.
1: I agree. And we have a lot of college students who tutor with us, and so that's a that's a good option for them, especially if they could just even stay on their campus mm-hmm. while they do their tutoring. And then we're trying to work with some local high schools too to see if they could have time in the day when they could do their Connects tutoring for students.
0: Now I think right before the pandemic you were in as many as twenty eight partner schools. Is that still the case or has that dropped since the lots of volunteers. So
1: we're at 23 schools this year. We have 18 in Tulsa Public and five in Union. Mm -hmm. And we have plans to scale that back up again. But one of our highest priorities right now is to get all the depth that we need to have in those 23 schools because we still have students on the waiting list. So we really want in the coming year to focus on meeting the need of every student in our 23 schools. And then we'll branch out and add more schools back again?
0: So for the parents of a child that might be showing a reading deficit, do they automatically, if they're they're at that school and they're they're seeing a six to year or two year deficit, do they automatically go on the waiting list or is there some sort of action a parent needs to be aware of to get onto that waiting list, for example.
1: So we have such good relationship with our principals and teachers that almost without question everyone would be referred who needs to be. But we actually do want to empower parents, and we actually are talking with CAP Tulsa a little bit about this. How do we help parents as they're moving from maybe preschool programs into our schools that have reading partners in them. Like, how do they engage the teacher? How do they engage the school to see if reading partners might be a good fit for their students? So we do want to make sure parents know about the opportunities and to help them partner with teachers to get their students in reading partners.
0: My guest today is Olivia Martin. She's the executive director of Reading Partners. Reading Partners is uh, approaching its 10th year in Tulsa. Obviously, with the pandemic, there was a, a loss of volunteers. They're trying to ramp that back up. How many volunteers would get you back to where you you feel like you wouldn't have a backlog of students? We
1: would love to recruit 500 more. Uh, yeah. We have we recruit every week. We go to houses of worship, and we have business partnerships where whole teams will come and volunteer with us. And so we're always we're always in that work, always out and about in the city recruiting. But um, people can just hear this this uh, message from us today and go to the website and sign up, and we will get you straight into the reading center. So. Of
0: course, uh, you do train all the volunteers to help uh, the young students. Uh, and this is mainly working with elementary age students. Is that for the most part? Kindergarten
1: through third grade is our,
0: yeah. is our sweet spot. And, and you're really just helping them uh, get back to their reading level proficiency that they're expected to be at the end of the third grade, which is, of course, an important benchmark. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, for a volunteer, if if you did uh, contact reading partner, how would that? You mentioned said, okay, well, there's you know some paperwork to fill yes. out, a background check. Tell me a little about the training. What what sort of skills do I need to know before I go sit down one on one with a child? Which can be a really daunting <laughs> prospect. You know, you, maybe your own kids okay, but you know, kids you don't know, it's it's a could be daunting.
1: Or you haven't been around children that age in some time, that's a challenge too. So uh, once we uh, go through the onboarding process, we have in-person and virtual training sessions. And my recruited parents just went through it a couple of weeks ago and said it was excellent. Uh, You really do have, you not only go through the curriculum and understand the different levels because we have emerging readers, beginning readers, and advanced readers. So you get some comfort in all those areas and kind of know what to expect. But we actually practice in the orientation. So If you're sitting next to another person you will be the teacher and they will or the tutor they will be the student and uh, vice versa so you get to really practice the pace of the session it's only 45 minutes twice a week that students really do grow in that time so it doesn't take a long time and again you're just kind of reading the script you have the games when you come into the center you pull the file for your student you pull the file where they are in the curriculum you have your little table all the supplies that you need. And so it's very, very easy once we've practiced a few times. And then, like I said, if there's ever a question, you have your site coordinator right there to help you.
0: It sounds like you're playing games, too. Playing games, yes. That could be fun. Yeah, Yeah,
1: reading aloud, playing games, writing our letters, sounding things out.
0: Yeah, those sorts of things. Yes. And that 45 minutes twice a week, is that the commitment for volunteers?
1: Now, we love for everyone to commit to twice a week because that's what's best for student growth. But we know sometimes that is not possible. So we will take any volunteer in whatever capacity they're able to work with us. And sometimes that's, you would volunteer for 45 minutes and I would have the second session and we would always be the two people who are working with that student. Mm -hmm. It's ideal to have the same person. But if that is just isn't possible, we want everyone to volunteer anyway.
0: I'm wondering if there's been research done on the the importance of having a, a single mentor. And I don't know, I don't even know if mentoring is a really a part of the program, officially or not. But what role does that play?
1: I think mentoring does happen organically in that session because you don't immediately just receive the student at the table and dive right into the lesson. Once you get to know that student, you're reminded to ask about their pets and what they did over the weekend and how their siblings are doing or what they're working on in their class. So you really do get to pour into them in ways that are beyond the curriculum. We don't. I don't know that we have specific data to break down that do I always have the same tutor or do I have different ones? And of course there's sometimes when a student is absent. Like if my if my student was absent, I could still tutor someone else that day mm. uh, because I'm there and I want to I want to help with someone else's growth, but I think just from my lived experience as a teacher and a parent and those things that having that one person who's your advocate and your champion and who works with you week after week after week that really does make a difference for a student.
0: How po- important is the mentor mentorship part of this puzzle because it sounds like you're getting kids back to reading levels and then it's bye-bye. Right,
1: right. <laughs> So one of the things that's most important about that relationship is, as you can imagine, when students are having a hard time as readers, the reading process can be discouraging or frustrating for them. Yeah. So I think the most important thing that that adult can do is to cheer that student on. So you may say, I know this is a challenge today, but look how far we've come. And let's just try three more of these. Just having that adult who's not giving up, that adult who's really engaged with that particular student's success, um, that means the world to them. And they're so proud when they achieve things. I had a a student two weeks ago, and when I walked him back to his teacher, he said, will you tell her how great I was? And so you have those moments, too, where you get to celebrate the students.
0: This is, again, you're really set up to get to this important benchmark the reading proficiency on third grade level, which is really considered the, the dividing point between lear- learning basics and then learning, using these skills to learn other things. You know, I'm sure there's data that looks at people who have gone through reading partners, got back to reading proficiency. Does this change the arc of the rest of their education, or is it as sometimes uh, research on things like Head Start, that it tends to wear off after time? What's the e- evidence?
1: So the That moment of moving from reading to learn to learning to read is transformative for students. So in some ways, reading is like riding a bicycle. Once I build those skills in and I have my what we call forever words or the sight words that you just have in your ring in your in in the little packet that they have, those things don't fade. So as long as students are continuing to participate in school and read they just that get they get better and better and better the challenge is if a student doesn't develop that fluency and literacy early on we we just know that every child can learn and every child is capable but we don't want them to continue in a frustration that could possibly derail their success in the future so every student who goes through our program has better outcomes all the way through simply because they're further along in their literacy and that impacts everything that they do
0: and i assume that effect last through high school yes. years? Yeah. Yes, yeah.
1: and and it really does statistically show that they're more successful in college admission and college persistence when they're strong readers in elementary school as well.
0: Now, I was looking at some of your your regional impact and innovation report for, uh, I guess it was a year, yeah. two years ago, yeah. I guess, at this point, and really you're looking at, you know, I may be reading this wrong, but as far as student performance, about a 70%, I guess that's reaching, exceeding their primary end of the year, literary growth role or, yes. or... So tell me about that 70% number as opposed to something closer to 90 or 100.
1: So a student who is at the 50% mark is considered proficient, ah. but the 70% gives them a leg up on their literacy. So that's our reading partner's goal. We don't want anyone to just be 50%. We want them to be mm-hmm. more equipped than that. So
0: Yeah. So, so that 70%, and I assume... That's the average, so you're, you're seeing people the 90, 95th yes. percentile.
1: And some students simply needed a few sessions to kind of trigger something in them developmentally, and they take off. So sometimes it's not a matter of tutoring the same student for two straight years. Sometimes a student just needs a few concentrated sessions to really just shift them over into a different way of, of learning and reading, and they are, they're going to be in that 90th percentile.
0: That's pretty cool. It is
1: cool.
0: Yeah, you, know, I mean, you know, so so really, it's not about the mentorship relationship. It's really about that volunteer helping the child get the skills they need because that the relationship could be over in four or five months. Yes,
1: but it will be a positive influence on them and something oh, yeah. that they'll
0: remember. Yeah. My guest today is Olivia Martin, the executive director of Reading Partners. Reading Partners is uh, approaching their tenth year here in Tulsa, and they're really in the midst of a major volunteer push because. During the pandemic, they lost a lot of volunteers, and uh, as a part of the program, the partners train volunteers to help young, elementary-age students gain reading proficiency. We're talking about first, second, third graders, for the most part, is who they're mentoring in schools all throughout the district. And I, I assume for the people who are doing in-person, there's geographic Consideration, so you know you may be working at a neighborhood school.
1: Absolutely, and we have stu- we have school sites all over the city and in the, the union district as well, and there are students on the waiting list at every school. So if you wanted to volunteer and work at Kendall Whittier, <laughs> that would be close to you, and there would be seats there that are waiting to be filled by students. So
0: yeah, well, once t- you know if you were able to get five hundred new volunteers, uh, is the plan to go back to some of the schools that reading partner had to leave during the pandemic?
1: Yes. So the more volunteers that we can recruit and onboard and train, the more students we can serve in the schools we're in now, as well as the students who might be waiting for us to come back to their school or even be in a school that we haven't been in in the past. But the only way the program really, really works is with volunteers. So that's why we're having these conversations and really encouraging people.
0: And what's the relationship between uh, reading partners and the Tulsa Public Schools, Union Public Schools, as far as How important is this in their efforts to improve reading proficiency levels? We
1: have incredible relationships with both of the districts, and uh, we actually do provide a lot of data back to the schools so that they can help with their planning and their interventions as well. A lot of data sharing there, and we are beloved partners in those districts because we really are helping the students who maybe on that day, um, there just wasn't a literacy person who could devote time to that student. Um. And we had a tutor there instead. So um, we have really, really positive relationships with the district. And it's our hope that as we continue to grow and rebound from the pandemic, that we won't necessarily just be limited to Tulsa Public and Union, but that we could could be involved in other districts as well.
0: Do you have other school districts reach out to you?
1: Yes. And again, (laughs) it's a volunteer issue, correct? So as the more people volunteer, the more we could potentially reach into the other suburbs and, and help in other school districts as well.
0: How important are those AmeriCorps uh, site teachers, which they're, are are they, is this in addition to their duties in the classroom, or are they really just specializing on reading partners and helping kids reach reading proficiency levels? Our
1: AmeriCorps members make or break us, and so we have incredible AmeriCorps members this year, and they serve as the site coordinator at the school. They do not have other responsibilities in the school, so they do a lot of data tracking. They help assess students. They will pitch in and tutor if some if a tutor is not available that day. And they build good relationships with the teachers and the parents. And they are always in the center so that we never want an adult to be kind of left to his or her own devices working with a student. So they're always there present to support, answer questions, help people find their kids and find their curriculum. And we are just now ready to hire for next year. So we're not only recruiting volunteers, but we're also recruiting AmeriCorps members uh, and that's a wonderful year or more of service. Uh, yes, they are. They have income through federal grant funding, but it's an incredible thing to pour into the lives of students and have that, if you're a young person, have that year or two of service on your resume too.
0: And it sounds like they're, as a part of their, their job, is they're collecting data yes. at the same time at all their school sites. So that sort of eases, it sounds like that gives you a better, closer to real-time yes. snapshot of how things are working and, you know, What needs to be tweaked here and there? Can you give us an example of how maybe you've used that data in the short term?
1: So especially this year, we've really focused locally on our program team doing progress monitoring for each student. So we know exactly how students have scored on their MAP testing that's done by the school. We know how they're assessing on what is our assessments called the STAR assessment. So we're doing those assessments as well and keeping records of what are the teachers seeing? What are the parents seeing? And then we can come back and say, these students are this far away from their goal what do we need to do to really pour into those particular students so we've actually built some interventions in that are not just the curriculum but also why don't we focus on these particular games when we finish early because that will really help that student close the gap So there is constant progress monitoring for every student in the system, and that just helps everyone, teachers, parents, and our program as well.
0: Do you find there's sometimes divergence between how they score in the classroom and how they score in a a mentor relationship? Oh,
1: yes. Just like you and I, maybe when we took our standardized (laughs) testing, some days uh, I would do better than other days simply because of uh, what I had for breakfast or how I'm feeling that day. And sometimes you're right, if you're one-on-one in an assessment with your mentor, you might perform differently than if you're in a group setting, or maybe it's the afternoon instead of the morning. But we want to use all of that data to, to have the complete picture of that student.
0: Well, once again, how how do people get information about Reading Partners and the timeline in training, and then what you expect as far as uh, the volunteering on sure. an ongoing basis?
1: So anyone can visit the website at www.readingpartners.org backslash volunteer. And we also have a Facebook at readingpartners.tulsa and on Instagram at rp underscore Tulsa. So if you just want to go and see what the reading centers look like or look at some of our videos about what happens in the reading center, that gives people a little bit of an idea. But really from signing up on the website, Through being in the tutoring center is just a few weeks' time, Mm. if that. It just depends on how quickly you can join an orientation group and things like that. But it's a very quick turnaround because it doesn't require a lot of time and effort to get ready, but we provide you everything you need to do that. And it really is a simple
0: process. And then ideally uh, two two sessions a week.
1: Two 45-minute sessions a week.
0: Mainly during the school day or after school?
1: Yes. So most all, all of our tutoring happens depending on the school, somewhere between eight and three. Okay. So a lot of people can do it on their lunch hour or they come in on their way to work um, or if they're retired, they, they can fill in the other yeah. time slots. But we are looking, we're always trying to innovate both nationally and locally. So we're looking at ways to partner with places like Tulsa Dream Center or the Common Good at the Hub to maybe provide some future after school programming, especially around connects and things like that.
0: Uh, Good luck with this important work, and thanks very much for joining us.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Rich.
0: Olivia Martin is the Executive Director of Reading Partners Tulsa, which will be celebrating its 10th anniversary here in Tulsa, one of 11 Reading Partner programs around the country. If you want to learn more about this program and how to volunteer, visit Mm readingpartners.org. Well, that's Studio Tulsa for today. Our program is produced and edited by Scott Gregory. The views of our guests and commentators are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of KWGS or its licensee, the University of Tulsa. I'm Rich Fisher. Thanks for listening.